2: At the age of 28, I picked up my bags and moved to India with a one-way ticket. Um, Probably in search of the motherland, but by this time nobody was left in the motherland for my family. (laughs) But I was really aware that I wanted to understand Asia and India more. So I moved there when I was 28 and started my entrepreneurship journey there. I started actually in the spa industry, which is a far cry from cybersecurity and social impact. But that's where I started and had a small chain of spas and then moved on to having a nail-polished brand um, called Jumki, which retailed across India. Um, I sold that and it was acquired in 2015, which sort of surrendered pity my husband was offered a job here in Singapore. And that's what brought me to Singapore. And like everyone, after a long entrepreneurial journey, I decided that was it, that I didn't want to do it again and I'd get myself a proper job um, you know, as, as I've always deemed them to be um, and actually within about six months of arriving here I realized I didn't want a proper job and I would like to go back into entrepreneurship.
1: Hi folks, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Bio. And I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my melting pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi.
0: Hi.
1: Hi. Uh, So today I'm talking to Michelle Yao and uh, Nina Boal, and both are co-founders of a social impact agency in Singapore, and it's called Cyberlight Books. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. We're really excited to be here with you today.
1: Great. So let's kickstart the conversation with um, just a little background on both of you. Um, I'm not sure if both of you are originally from Singapore or, you know, like so many of us, Singapore has kind of become home. and uh, also how did the two of you get to actually come together and start Cyberlight Books?
2: Michelle, do you want to start? Oh. Okay, so I'll start because I think Michelle's uh, sound is gone. Um, so I'll give you an idea of how I started and how we met. Um, as you can hear maybe from my accent, I am from the UK. I was born and bred there and at the age of 28, picked up my bags and moved to India with a one-way ticket ticket. Um, probably in search of the motherland but by this time nobody was left in the motherland from my family but I was really aware that I wanted to understand Asia and India more so I moved there when I was 28 and started my entrepreneurship journey there. I started actually in the spa industry which is a far cry from cybersecurity and social impact but that's where I started and had a small chain of spas and then moved on to having a nail polish brand um, called Jumkey which retailed across India. Um, I sold that and it was acquired in 2015 which sort of surrender pity my husband was offered a job here in Singapore and that's what brought me to Singapore and like everyone after a long entrepreneurial journey I decided that was it that I didn't want to do it again and I'd get myself a proper job know as as i've always deemed them to be um and actually within about six months of arriving here i realized i didn't want a proper job and i would like to go back into entrepreneurship and went into cyber security and uh was working really in the awareness sector in cyber security and there's a long story sorry i'm gonna gonna interrupt you there so
1: why cyber security i mean what is it about cyber security that kind of you know drew your attention to it
2: yeah it was an accident like most things so uh, my husband was in cyber and uh, while i was looking for a new venture he sort of said look your skill set is very good in training in breaking down complex information and using creativity and so i and also a lot of people in cyber are technical so being able to communicate to the public or to the masses about cyber risk and six years ago we were still not talking about cyber risk as we're doing today netflix has made it slightly easier for people to understand with you know a lot of scams and stories coming out but back then people weren't having that conversation So um, I got myself embedded into the awareness side, really, with uh, the guidance of my husband, who said, look, you'd be good at this. And then I got the bug. And I think it's um, it's a career that people don't really think about cybersecurity because it sounds like a hacker in a back room. Um, But there's so much more to it than that. I started this journey and then joined Adventure Venture Studio really as a pause or a break of understanding what I wanted to do with my journey. And that's where I met Michelle. And uh, Michelle can probably lead on from there about how her journey started and how we merged as as it were. As it were, yeah, (laughs) Michelle, over to you.
0: Yeah, so um, like Nina, my start was never in cybersecurity at all so I am Singaporean but I grew up in Jakarta most of my life and I went to London for university where I studied footwear design actually so far cry <laughs> from cyber both of
1: awesome. us <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah <laughs>
0: um, so I moved back after uni to uh, work in fashion and that was always something that I wanted to do and um after a couple of years, I I came out and did my own thing and really kind of went down the entrepreneurial journey where I wanted to build something from scratch and to, you know, be my own boss, essentially. (laughs) Um, And that's when I went into this venture studio where I met Nina a couple of years ago now. Um, And at that studio, we were we found a lot of uh, commonalities together, and we found that we worked really well together, and our vision and our creative styles were really enmeshed from day one. We really just got really knew how to communicate and work with each other, which uh, I think both of us realized how rare that is, Um, especially when you're working together and you become friends. Sometimes it doesn't really work out when you have, you know, creative differences, but we really kind of um, we're able to work through a lot of things together and really quickly. And swinch when she started, you know, brainwashing me in a sense about how kind of intense and, and expansive the the cyber awareness world was. And I came from a generation where, you know, I was kind of let loose on the internet at um, high school age when we got our first laptops and that's when things started um, becoming like, Facebook started becoming a thing when I was in high school and started the the start of social media with my space as well. Um, and a lot of the issues that I was facing as a teenager were the same and even amplified with the teenagers today, and then that got me really kind of passionate about this this subject. Where I said, "How is this still the same thing? Fifteen years on, where how are we still talking about stranger danger? Why aren't more people, you know, putting a boundaries in place to safeguard these teenagers and and not let them fall into such vulnerable positions?" So that's how we started um, Cyberlight. And we really kind of went all in on the cyber awareness uh, sector last year when we first started. Um, And that's when we decided to publish our first book, Ready, Get, Set, Connect, which is a cyber safety workbook for kids that we work with um, the Ministry of Education and IMDA
1: in Singapore on. Okay, so, so, so yeah, so a little more um, detail on Cyberlight books. I mean, like you already mentioned that, you know, you've, uh, you published a book, uh, sort of creating awareness around, around the cyberspace for kids. And you're, you're hoping to, to reach out to more kids through your book, which I think is a great um, a great way to go because, you know, it's something that's tangible. It's not like you go um, and you speak at a school or, you know, you speak at a forum and you talk about it and then that's it. You know, um, so I think it's, it's, it's interesting that it's something so tangible. So, if you could just break it down um, in a little more detail, because, you know, even I'm very curious to know more about Cyberlight, Books as, as I'm sure are my listeners and viewers. So, yeah, so just a little more, uh, because I, I also um, understand that you have three pillars um you know within the cyber light books space so if you could you know between the two of you just just take us through the three pillars and what um exactly is the impact that you're hoping to to achieve um you know for each individual pillar
2: yeah thank you thank you for uh bringing in the other pillars as well because uh it's it you know, we're very passionate about each pillar. So when we started, and and that's where we started our journey together, but there are fundamental things that we believe require social impact and cyber safety is one of them. And the other one that we're incredibly passionate about is DEI for the APAC sector. And so Which we is, saw- for, the, for people who don't know what DEI yes, is. That's diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. Yeah. So it's a conversation that has been led from the West and has come here through a lot of corporations and policies but fundamentally hasn't had a public conversation of what is expected from me in diversity and equity and inclusion in a workplace and with my children and my family and do I have the language to talk about it so with the success of the first book our second book was written for families within the DEI sector and that was the second place that we landed and then we have another sector that we have launched as well this year sustainability again we are aware as individuals that social impact is required in this space and that we need to be having conversation and corporates are also thirsty to talk to local communities and what we wanted to do was provide them resources and tools which corporates can get involved in and offer the local communities the ability to, to to start that space and there is one other pillow that we're excited and very interested in and again very very driven by our own ambition is entrepreneurship and how can you teach those girls to enforce innovation in these categories as well so a lot of what we do and uh where, where one of your questions really is look at everything with an entrepreneur brain and say right we want to make an impact in the space how do we do it and how do we validate we're successful and how do we measure that success? And so that's how the real growth of the social impact agency has, has happened. Uh, and Michelle can give you a bit more detail about how we've done that and the tools and resources that we've developed on the way.
0: Yep, so uh, as you can see, we've kind of chosen really broad topics for ourselves that are very complex and
1: not very easy, yeah, easy to yeah, navigate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I on know. A too, small too. Task of- Correct. They're broad topics, um, but I think they're very, very necessary uh, in today's time. So, you know, I think um, it's very interesting how you've kind of tried to get these three topics under one umbrella. So sorry. Yeah. Just go ahead. Yeah. No, I
0: mean, that's exactly what we were um, setting out to do, which was, you know, these are the topics that we feel are really important to our just modern day conversation, whether it's in the workplace, you can see it on LinkedIn, in the boardrooms, but you can also start hearing this conversation happen in, in the classroom and the kids starting to bring that back to the dinner table as well. So it's infiltrating all parts of our lives and it's not something that you can just say diversity and inclusion save that for the workplace or just save sustainability for the children to recycle something we have to get involved in it and um, our main mission as a company is to educate people on these issues and we do it in a creative way that we really pride ourselves on because we don't believe that simply dumping a load of information onto people as a good way of teaching them about these particular social issues. So we do it through our workbooks. So uh, back to your first question about, you know, why books? Our books are designed in a really illustrative manner where we introduce lots of characters and puzzles and games in it. It's not just a textbook. We call it an interactive workbook where um, children can really get, absorbed into the information and learn through a number of different ways. So if you're, and we design it for um, neurodiverse people in mind as well. So the texts are broken up into different chunks and it's not so hard to absorb. But we also run um, student workshops, we run parent webinars, we run teacher workshops alongside these materials that we we give out. Um, We're also currently developing a whole suite of things from games to um, online learning systems to, you know, interactive events that we do run with um, corporate clients and and schools and everyone who will listen to us really... Okay. The impact is about reaching different sorts of communities and educating them on these various social issues.
1: That's interesting. So how far have you gone? I mean, if you could just in, you know, under each sector, if you could identify just one um you know, one impact that you felt has made a difference uh, within communities or within the corporate world. Um, you know, it, it would be interesting so that it's it's more tangible. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah.
1: we can definitely share some case studies. Yes. So
0: that helps. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: the one we're very proud of that we have, the opportunity to go to every Singapore school with the book. We've been cleared by the Ministry of Education and we get a lot of support from the IMDA, which has allowed us to reach over 20 to 25,000 children already today with our workshops. So we've done a lot of talking with children, parents, and the teachers, and our books have been delivered to to the children, one individually, to each. So that amount of impact has been incredibly big. We're also working with a lot of the international schools here in Singapore where their diversity plays out in the playground and in the classroom because of such a diverse set of moral values, of cultures and religion, and really coming up to date with how do we have a conversation with all stakeholders—parents, teachers, principals, to board. So we have had a lot of success and validation in that sector as well. Um, the one I'm most proud about because I've been in cyber for a while is yeah. we have also been um we've been accepted as a member of the gfce which is fundamentally a foundation that works with implementing cyber safety ac- well cyber expertise across the world which allows us to speak to ministers and to stakeholders and policy makers at a high level and to build resources to make sure that we communicate There. So these are some of the things that I am excited that we've achieved in our short period of time. Uh, Michelle can add to her excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Excited all around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To Uh, to give. Sorry. If I really, um, you know, I I mean, after after hearing what you're saying, I think um, in a very short. Span of time, uh, you've actually managed to think through so much, and I mean, of course, uh, with you, Nina, the the cyberspace, cybersecurity space has obviously been something that you've been involved in, but other than that, for you to have made such an impact, um, you know, in such a short span of time, I think is phenomenal uh, progress. And, you know, and I mean, hats off to to the two of you. So, so sorry, I I just had to get that out. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yes, Michelle, sorry, you were saying. Ah, The things I'm excited about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean... To to what you were saying, I mean, um, I've been quite proud of us as well, and and kind of astonished at at the number of even corporations who are willing to talk to us um, about these issues. Because when we first set out to to start a social impact agency, no one no one really knew what we were talking about, or no one really kind of got it. But you know, the more we worked at it, the more people really felt that need of educating their their workforce to educating their families about these issues. So I've been really kind of um, honored to be working with, uh, we worked with the Michelle Obama schools in California last year, as well as big names like Twitter and Food Panda and Palo Alto Networks, which if you're in the cybersecurity industry, you know that they're a massive kind of leader global leader around the world and to to get such big names supporting the work that we're doing as well has just been absolutely incredible and we have quite a number of um projects that are coming out that we're really excited to announce in the near future which yeah um should be quite quite yeah quite impactful i think for the world
2: i think um just uh uh, one of the things that when me michelle sat down and saw our books uh, translated into so many different languages within a short amount of time because this impact is not only in Singapore so um to see your book be printed in different languages and then with each book we offer a workshop so then seeing these children's faces interact with the book and get excited I don't think a lot of authors get to do that to see that you've made a substantial difference in a child's life um, and that's what it's about. You know, we really are really passionate about the impact that we are making. Um, and I think that's attributed to our, our fast growth in the sector.
1: So which countries outside of Singapore have you actually been able to connect with and where you have seen you know, the influence uh, from what kind of work you're doing?
0: So, um, in the region in Southeast Asia, our work has been translated, and this is a sponsored translation. So, um, there's a definitely a real need for it, um, into Bahasa Indonesia, Vietnamese, and Thai. Um, but of course, we also work with the English-speaking regions like uh, Australia, India, UK, and US. Is there anything else I missed, Nina?
1: I
2: think think
0: these are the main ones that we've worked
1: uh, continuously with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so um, you obviously have uh, content developers on board, right, to to help you with, um, you know, under each uh, sort of sector to help you develop the, the books. And um, so that must be quite interesting as well, to try and, you know, um, have these content developers work along with you uh, so that they are able to follow, um, you know, the mission uh, and the vision that you have for Cyberlight books. So, yeah.
2: I think so that's the, a, bit of a secret sauce really is, uh, sorry, Michelle, Um, uh, that we we really think with an entrepreneurship brain so everything has to be in some sort of framework that needs validation and so when we're doing something it's not accidental it's really created and thought out so it can be handed to somebody with a tone and a feel and um, I would say Michelle is head of innovation which is a made-up title but because she's so good at innovating and getting that across. So I'll hand you over to Michelle because the way she gets the people we work with to get what we're doing very quickly, because when you're a startup as well, you don't have weeks to waste. Like you need to get the product right and get it out there. So Michelle, carry on.
0: Yeah, I mean, the way that we work is very lean. So like Nina kind of uh, has mentioned about the the entrepreneurial way we really, cut the fat around a lot of the things that maybe um, if you've experienced in a big company, there is quite a bit of where we say, okay, what do we need and how can we get that done really quickly? And because um, we have expanded to so many different um, subjects and, and social issues as well, we we have developed quite a strong network for ourselves of, um key opinion leaders and kind of these um experts within the industry who we have partnered with or networked with um, within our our periphery that we can rely on for help. So for example, in the UK, we work really closely with um, a diversity and inclusion uh, person who has experience in Europe and in Asia as well. We have someone who is um, an uh, autistic advocate. So he's a speaker that really speaks on, on Autism in the workplace, and that's who we kind of fall into when we want to talk about neurodiversity. Um, so we have people like this all over the world. So we, because me and me and Nina know that we can't be experts in everything, so we need to lend these like brain powers uh, around to to really increase our own knowledge bank. And I think that's something yeah. that we found working with people. Within social impact is very different from being in a corporate setting where people are more, post guarded about their know how. I think people who are really passionate about um, social issues and doing it for the right reasons are usually very happy to share with you. You know, these are my experiences. This is what I know. This is um, kind of how we can help each other out. So that's been a really nice kind of uh, thing to discover about this community.
1: Yeah, and also every culture is like because you've mentioned that you're now you know your books are in in Indonesia and in Thailand. Um, I think um, every culture, you know, the the sort of sensitivities are very different, right? So you have to also ensure that you know you're not kind. Your your message is getting communicated, but at the same time, you're not um, disturbing um or you know causing any kind of ripples because of that so that especially with um I would say um diversity equity and inclusion I think there you know uh, the 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 sensitivities would be a lot more uh depending on the culture um I mean cyberspace is something which you know, everyone, um, do you think it's something that's very universal in terms of, um, you know, what really can go wrong um, is not very specific to a particular country, right?
2: Yes and no. So the, the what can present itself can be very different at different levels. So what a child in India, in an urban area, and the cyber risks they may face may be very different to what a child in an international school may face. So the cyber crime may not be the same and therefore, you know, policies and and how you deal with that situation can be different. Of course, there are commonalities that we teach or the tools that we put into play. But um, I think one of the mistakes that when we look at cyber is to think, tools and solutions that are sold in the west will replicate themselves easily here so if you're talking to someone about grooming in a country where and there's such a difference in gender disparity anyway um you know trying to convince a family that a, a boy can be groomed as much as a girl can be groomed is still a lot more complex um you know a lot of cyber crimes that happen to children in international school may be done by their peers who are a hacker or know that you know that the easy infiltration is in their classroom. So there are some extreme differences in that respect. Even being a victim, are you as likely to say you were a victim of an online relationship scam in Asia as if you were in the West? So it's also how the culture deals with the crime in itself. And again, you're really right in the DEI space. And when we wrote the DEI book, it was complex, you know, if you can see us on the screen, I am uh, Indian presenting and uh, Michelle is Asian presenting. And, you know, we're talking about being minorities while sitting in the side of the world where we are the majority. So, you know, how do we reframe that conversation? So this DEI conversation belongs to us.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, interesting. I mean, we could just go on and on <laughs> because I have so many things to, to ask, which you know, um, I'd love for you to share with um, the listeners and the viewers. But I guess time is something that we have to be mindful of. So, Absolutely. yeah, thank you so much, uh, both of you, Nina and Michelle. Uh, any last kind of uh, comments that you would like to share with the listeners in terms of, you know, um, in terms of um, the the kind of awareness uh, that Cyberlight Books has been able to create and, you know, what are some of the pointers that people should be aware of? Do you want to take this, Michelle?
0: Sorry, I think some of it got cut off, so, oh, it think, okay,
2: yeah. so now you go ahead. <laughs> okay. No, um, I think in terms of takeaways really is um, it's it's important to look at the social impact space, you know, if I'm talking to a corporation or I'm talking to a community that you would like to adopt and you'd like to see change in and make measurable goals to see a difference don't just throw something at it and say oh we want to look at food waste and we'll all go and help one day in the community and like, build yourself really long goals that you're ready to commit to and you know and then get stakeholders to buy into that get make sure that your company your community believes in your agenda and then you know if you need a company like Cyberlight to come up with the resources that you don't have seek them from outside or s- find them within your own community. There's a lot we can be doing in these pillars if we all work together to do it. And so, um, you know, that's my takeaway, really.
1: Yeah, because I think nothing, it can't be short term. It can't be, you know, just yeah. because you have to be seen doing something, uh, yeah. contributing, like you mentioned, food waste management, for example, you know? So yeah, no, it has to be long term and it has to be on a very, very focused uh, manner and um you know and i think that's what will eventually um see the impact right so no i completely i completely agree with you and hopefully um this that that message is pretty clear to all the people who are listening in as well Uh, michelle are you with us again do you have any sort of um yeah
0: i heard bits and pieces but i think i don't (laughs) know (laughs) what's going on sorry about that yeah um I think Nina and I we must be on the same on the same page on this um and you know we're recording this in June which is pride month and we've seen a lot of people and a lot of companies uh post about pride month and it's really you know one thing to tell the world that you support something but it's another thing to reflect on your own actions and your policies and making sure that they're aligned and you're not just doing it for someone else to look at or to get the kudos from the community.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Great on that note. Thank you once again, both of you. It's been, I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I hope both of you as well. Absolutely. It's
2: been enjoyable. <laughs> Thank you very much for having
1: us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Take care and good luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Ever catch yourself
0: eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.